J.J. Watt is now an Arizona Cardinal, and the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City ladies really took us for a ride on their rookie season. All of our thoughts on this episode of The Real Football Fans of New Jersey. Fill up those wine glasses. everybody welcome to the real football fans of new jersey we are remote tonight for episode 149 one away from the big 150 oh 150 we gotta you know celebrate do something big we definitely gotta add that in somehow to next week's show that, that's a big milestone right there it is our first show of march 2021 can't believe it's March already um but it's starting to warm up the snow is starting to melt and for that, yeah. we are grateful. Very grateful. Um, I have a great show for you tonight. The best in the world of football, housewives, life, wine, all that good stuff. Or spiked seltzers. Caitlin's got a spiked seltzer tonight. I do. It's in a wine glass because I, you know, I got to keep on brand with the wine glass. But don't worry. I have like one underneath me too that I'll probably do a little little refill during the show. But don't you worry. I'm keeping on brand with the wine glass. But we still got... Absolutely. Like a month. We got like a month left without wine. So well, maybe we just need to uh, fast forward through March, get us to April. <sighs> well, <But I> don't... <laughs> first, first show of March. Um, and as I said, we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to start it off. We pulled you guys on our Instagrams, on Twitter, got a lot of responses. And we have three very thought provoking questions that we asked you. Number one was, which free agent wide receiver would you rather have on your team, Allen Robinson or Chris Godwin? As Giants fans, you know, I was definitely interested to see what everybody thought yeah. on this because, I mean, who knows? Could be two guys that maybe the Giants would target, certainly need some wide receiver help. 62% um, of you on this one, it, it was close, uh, went with Allen Robinson. Mm -hmm. Who did you go with? I went with Allen Robinson as well. Um, I think you just have to, it's one of those things where you really have to like pin the two up next to each other. And of course people might be so gung ho about Chris Godwin. He's just coming off of a Super Bowl win, but let's not forget, you know, I think that the bears made a complete trajectory at the second half of the season. When you're looking at a head coach like Matt Nagy, who finally realized, listen, I can't control everything. I am the head coach. I need to pass, pass off playmaking calls to the proper people. And guess what? I think that that really helps at that offense. Um, and I think that just Allen Robinson for me is someone that I could rely on. And I just do yeah. think is a lot better in my opinion. So I would just want him on my team. I went with Allen Robinson as well. I think these guys though are two kind of like different receivers. In yeah. my eyes. Uh, Allen Robinson. I think I would like him better on the giants because I do believe he's more of a deep threat guy. Um, and I think if you, like Caitlin said, if you do put them up against each other uh, statistically, I do feel like Allen Robinson is more consistent um, doing it year after year after year. He is like, he's your 1,000-yard yeah. guy. Like, you can count on that. Um, mm -hmm. Chris Godwin obviously 
had to share the rock with a lot of playmakers on this, you know, star You can't rock. really forget about that either. So. Right, right. But I'm just, I, I think you, I would be super pumped if the Giants had either guy, but I'm going to give the slight edge to Ryan right. as well. Question number two, uh, you know, Russell Wilson, his name has been pretty buzzworthy lately, huh? Uh, yeah. Do you see him playing for a different team within the next three years? Now, I think we are making real football this, fans of New Jersey history on tonight's show. I we think so. You guys hundreds of times, and I truly believe this is our first tie we have ever had on a poll question. Like now, dead even. And the, the reason that it's the first time is you guys all have to re remember and realize we do get a lot of votes on these polls, So, yeah. it, and which we did on this question. So for it to finish... Completely 50 50 uh, is very interesting. Caitlin, I don't even remember. Are we split 50 50? We are. We yeah. are split. We're split 50 50. So you said. I said no. You said no. And uh, honestly, when I was answering it myself, I was kind of split 50 50. I went with yes, just because I feel like. Things have been changing lately. Some of these guys that you thought would be these franchise quarterbacks yeah. team their entire career, it's it's starting to shift. And I feel like that's a really rare thing uh, nowadays. And Russell Wilson has kind of spoken about being unhappy a little bit. And I feel like a lot of these guys who are speaking about being unhappy find themselves on new teams. We've got Jamal Adams. We have J.J. Yeah. Watt. Um, you know, if it happens with Deshaun Watson. So to me, when you put that out into the universe and you kind of start talking to the media about how you're not too, too thrilled with your situation, I feel like the situations are starting to change. So I could see it. I don't, I don't I, know. See him spend, like, I'd like to see a lot of these guys spend their entire career with one team. Um, I think he's tied to Seattle. The one difference between the people you just listed and, you know, other people in the mix, um, Russell's got the Super Bowl win. He's got it already. He's got it with Seattle. And I think that he's going to stay with them. And I think that's not the end all be all. Is he going to get demolished probably if they don't fix that offensive line? Right. Absolutely. But I think as a very respected quarterback, he can voice his opinion and say, listen, you guys need to fix this. It's right. not Deshaun Watson who has gone to management in Houston multiple times saying, I want you to look at this GM, look at this head coach. I want to make some changes here. And they completely ignored him. This right. is Seattle. Pete Carroll's not letting go of Russell Wilson. That, And I think they have a great management in Seattle too. They're not letting him go. They're going to listen to him. He's technically a part of their management, in my opinion. He's like another coach for them giving yeah. that insight he's a very intelligent player but again you need to give him the weapons that he needs right now and I don't think he's going to walk away from a young stud like DK Metcalf he's not going to walk away from that he's no he's not this is despite him being unhappy how like you can't be too unhappy okay because you still compete for your division you're still a playoff team almost every single season right so I don't know, Russell Wilson, you got a ton of money. If you want that line to change so badly, maybe take a little bit of a pay cut and see which he guys could. will win. Listen, Eli did it year after year. 
did it a little secretly under the table, but other times it was a little bit more outspoken because he wanted guys to remain with the team. Yeah. Um, he also wanted the team to make moves in certain areas. Was the line good when Eli retired? No, it sucked. But well, I think that maybe Russell Wilson might have more of an edge over in Seattle than Eli did in New York. And that breaks my heart because he could he deserved a better line. But I think Russell can actually make some changes. But if, if I were Russell, I would literally go to management and I would sit down at the table and I would say, I'm willing to take this yeah. much pay cut if and only if you bring in this lineman or you bring in that lineman, like we got to fix it. Yeah. I'm willing to do that, but you need to also meet me halfway. Yep. All right. And last but not least, this is housewives related. We're definitely going to be talking about this franchise tonight as promised. Uh, did the real housewives of Salt Lake city crack into your top three favorite franchises after its rookie season? 63% of our voters said yes. It is now officially in their top three. Yeah. I said yes. Hands down. Yes, of course. It is New York, New Jersey, and Salt Lake City all the way. I think you can me agree too. with me on that one. I, year after year, Orange County and Beverly Hills give me chest pains and I just can't deal with them anymore. Yeah. And who knows? So, and you know, everyone's calling for Orange County to be canceled. And I don't even want to watch Beverly Hills this upcoming season. And you know what? I've given Dallas a little bit of a chance this season. And I just, you know what? It's it's Salt Lake City's moved right in seamlessly, and, just right in there. Honestly, like when I read up on the franchise and when I see news articles and stuff like that, it, it kind of seems across the board that like everybody is super impressed with this rookie franchise. Absolutely. Like, and, and we're ready for more. I know they've, like we said, they already started filming season two. And we want it. Already. We want it. Yes. So thank you guys for voting on that. And uh, let's get into our big stories. All right. So let's get into our big stories of the week for football. Hot off the press right before the show did start. We will give yeah. you a little moves because, listen, things are going to start happening over the couple of weeks because guess yeah. what? That cap has been set for all the teams and they got to make moves to make sure they have that salary cap and they can do things. So Right before the show, this hits Katie and I close to home. The New York Giants are releasing veteran wide receiver Golden Tate. This is saving them $6.2 million in cap space. So he was only with us for two seasons. He had 84 receptions, which was very short for two seasons, um, over 100,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Again, you know, a player that – you know, injuries. I was very excited when we brought Golden Tate on, to be honest. Um, you know, a veteran within the league. You know, we needed help at wide receiver. Um, but I think the big elephant in the room, and I did actually tweet this out before, you know, the Giants need help at wide receiver. You're yeah. going to look at guys like Darius Slayton and be like, yeah, he's a young stud. We have other guys, Sterling Shepard. We had Golden Tate. Some people probably are overlooking it because we have these big names. Well, guess what? We have these big names, but no one's the wide receiver one for us yet. So we pull this out. We pull Golden Tate out. That opens up this cap space. We also actually got rid of David Mayo, linebacker, so that opens up a little bit more money for us. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it was bound to happen. I actually, I don't mind Golden Tate. I actually do like like him. Um, obviously, I'm good without him. I'm good. Without it was him. it was inevitable. For the Giants to do this. So, like, I could have my personal opinions and I like like him. I feel a little upset, but and not even upset, just kind of like, you know, I did I appreciate him and as a player, but there's no there was no way to not do this. There there yeah. really was no other option. 
I'm I'm good with it. And honestly, Caitlin heard the uh, heard the news first, and she told me about it. And I said, listen, if you look at a player and you're like, yeah, I could live without him, then let him go. And it's it's given us yeah. it's given us money. And uh, and to me, it's like, yeah, we are looking for a wide receiver in yep. the draft or free agency. Like we are looking at that position, and it's kind of like. Make make room in that wide receiver room because uh, Golden Tate, you're out. We got to get somebody else in. It's just not working. He is now a name of I think five or six guys that are floating around. He's now added to that list of uh, you know there is free agents out there that could move potentially to other teams. He is now added on to someone who needs a new home. So uh, definitely keep your eyes out on where potentially Golden Tate might He's land. Good. He should go to the Jets. You know, the Jets could use yeah. wide receivers too. Uh, you know, a lot of times guys- they have a lot of money though, and I think someone could pick him up for cheap. So maybe the Jets oh, do so want to pick him. So why? <clears throat> but I'm just saying, like, I know for players, if they have their choice, uh, the Giants and Jets swap players a lot because, yeah, guys, like we play in the same stadium. That means I don't have right. to pick up my family and move. Um, so yeah, I do believe that Golden Tate would be a cheap acquisition for anybody mm-hmm. in the league, and. Maybe it would just, I, and I'm just thinking it would work out nicely for him where he wouldn't have to move. Yeah. And the Jets could get him cheap and they certainly need receivers. So maybe that could be an option. Yeah. I do think they do have a lot of flexibility though, money wise. They could go after a guy like Galladay and maybe actually make a better oh, investment I for think, their future. So they could get, I think they could get Tate and a big name. Oh, yeah. You're right. I think that's so, fair. They, listen, they don't just need one wide receiver, they, they could use more than one. So. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. And our, well, so that was technically our first story, but it was breaking news. So here's our original first story. While this isn't a blockbuster trade, it was definitely a blockbuster move that people were probably not expecting. So Mr. JJ Watt has officially signed with the Arizona Cardinals. This was not a name on a lot of the lists that people are out there and or his interest, to be honest, when he left Houston. So on Monday, the three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year announced on social media that he will be joining the Arizona Cardinals. Ian Rappaport also reported that Watt is signing a two-year deal worth $31 million and $23 million guaranteed. I know Katie and I spoke about this offline, you know, yeah. when the trade, or not, sorry, I keep saying trade, when the deal had happened, he is 100% not worth $23 million guaranteed. Yeah. The number that I saw floating around prior to him making a decision on Arizona, everything like that, that he was worth at max $16 million guaranteed. So $23 million, and I wonder, too, where Arizona, where are these doll hairs coming from? You might have them right now, but guess what? Kyler Murray's not going to be on a rookie contract forever. You got DeAndre Hopkins for nothing from the Houston Texans, but guess what? He wants to get paid in the future, in the near future. He's going to want the big dollars because guess what? He deserves it because he's DeAndre Hopkins. There's other guys on your team, too. So in a, a two-year contract, uh, two years might be a little sticky for the Cardinals. Yeah. 
I mean, I hope they have those stipulations in like Carson Wentz has into his deal where it's like, well, <laughs> you have to listen. And I know that sounds stupid because we already know 23 million is guaranteed, but I would have structured the contract the way Carson Wentz's was. Yeah. Like you can have this money. If you, you have to play, if you play 75% of the games, yes. which just, I mean, he doesn't. And so to give him guaranteed money when he's not guaranteed to give you 16 games, no way. Guaranteed for what? He's a name in the NFL. That's pretty much it at this point. The past couple of seasons, he's been getting injured. And then he's near the end of his career. He's making a move this so late. And I just, oh my goodness gracious. It's not, oh, it's not worth it. And that's why like, as soon as he was like left the Texans, it was, you know, watching Giants Twitter kind of go in an uproar. And I was like, no, don't. And we even answered the question last week. Don't even, it's not worth it. It's not even worth to think about. So I don't know what's going on in Arizona, but a little bit more here. So he is 31 years old, and he did end his 10-year run. So 10, 10 years. Come on, people, with Houston. Um, so, yeah, so he ranked 15th out of 119 qualified pass rushers in pass rush win rate by ESPN. And he finished the season with five sacks, two forced fumbles, and one interception. So he's obviously, again, the injuries, they're coming, you know, year after year. Um, and then, you know, having, you know, 16 games in a season only twice since 15, uh, 2015. So really, you know, two full seasons? Right, he's and only the NFL wants to add another game this season. They want to add seventeen games, so you're not even going to play that. That's so that. That sticks out like a sore thumb. His name is basically synonymous with it. Like he, he kind of reminds me. No, he definitely reminds me of who was another really big name star, best at his position, um, and you know, is a stud, but that ended up not being worth it in the end as he got older because he never played a full 16 game season. I'm talking about Rob Gronkowski. Oh my God. Yeah, well, that is, yeah. In my opinion, the same exact thing. Yes. Um, do you want these guys on your team? Sure you do, but you, want you, the name. Have, you have to pay them like knowing that the stipulation is they're not playing 16 games for you. Yeah. There's a lot. So, yeah. So, <laughs> just a little fun fact for our audience now, though. So, Arizona has the NFL's top two players in sacks since 2012. Um, JJ Watt has 95.5, and Chandler Jones has 97. So, JJ Watt is also going to reunite with DeAndre Hopkins, who we mentioned earlier, um, and also to uh, defensive coordinator Vance Joseph, who was Houston's uh, defensive back coach during uh, Watt's first three seasons there. Yeah. So a little bit of a reunited and it feels so good. Um, I do, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins did come out like on Instagram right away and it was like, let's finish what we started. I don't know. Can you finish what you started? What did you even start? I don't know. So Here's what I think what happened when we saw J.J. Watt's list, right? When everybody was kind of reporting, like, these are the landing spots. And yeah. we had a very long list when we talked about it on the show. Yeah. And Arizona was not on this list, right? So what I think happened was everybody thought they knew that J.J. definitely wanted to play for a team that could compete for being in the playoffs and compete right. for the Super Bowl. And so, yeah, Arizona was not on that list. No. And I still don't think Arizona right now, 
as they are now, could not compete for a Super Bowl. No. And so I think maybe it wasn't on JJ's radar until that he realized maybe what they were willing to pay him because it, it's outlandish in my opinion. And maybe he knew, okay, maybe I won't win a Super Bowl, but I don't know if anybody else is going to give me this kind of money. So right. maybe that's what happened. I don't know. Yeah. And again, we always talk about it. It is a business. So maybe you're not working for the best of the best, but monetary wise, maybe getting paid is more important. You know, yeah. maybe being reunited with former coaches, former teammates really makes him feel at home. Apparently he does have some ties back to Arizona, the state in general. So I think I I, I can't tell you right now what they yeah. are. Like I, I easily I, Google it, I also, but I also don't want to say by any means that Arizona is a crap team because they're no. not. Um, I just, and I, do I think they could be a playoff team? Yes, I do. I right. just don't think that they could compete for a Super Bowl right now. No, not at this time. All right. Well, let's get into our second or third, third, because we had our breaking news. Um, we have our third big story of the week in the world of football. This is related to the NFC East. Um, the Washington football team is expected to part ways with quarterback Alex Smith. So on Monday, Ian Rappaport and Kim Jones uh, reported that and that they are planning to release him in the next in the in the coming days. Yeah. Uh, Alex Smith had a five and one record as a starter this past season and helped Washington to a playoff berth while also winning AP comeback player of the year after that, you know, atrocious leg injury in 2018 and missing all of the 2019 season. Of course, Alex Smith was not coming in to be Washington's starting quarterback at the beginning right. of the season. Dwayne Haskins was not playing up to par. Then you had Kyle Allen get hurt, and then it was Alex Smith. So really interesting because Alex Smith himself kind of touches on this. In a recent GQ interview, um, Alex Smith said that his unexpected return definitely threw a wrench in Washington's plan at the quarterback position. I do have a quote from him from that article. He said uh, in reference to Washington, they didn't see it, didn't want me there, didn't want me to be a part of it. Didn't want me to be on the team. The roster didn't want to give me a chance. Mind you, it was a whole new regime. They came in and I'm like the leftovers and I'm hurt and I'm this liability. Heck no, they did not want me there. At that point, as you can imagine, everything that I had been through, I couldn't have cared less about all of that. Whether you yeah. like it or not, I'm giving this a go at this point. And amen, because I'm sorry, yeah. regardless of, yes, Kyle Allen got hurt, everything like that. This was, and we even saw a little bit of Taylor Henneke. Um, this was the best quarterback on the roster. Alex Smith Absolutely. was the best quarterback. When he still Kyle, is. When we were playing them this past season and Kyle Allen got hurt and Alex Smith came into the game, Caitlin and I were texting each other like, like oh, crap, no. this is not good. This man can beat us. He can beat us. He can win football games as a starting NFL quarterback. So I don't like this move by Washington. I really don't. I think that yeah. they're, they're making, it's almost like an impulse, like it's an impulse decision. You know, there's rumors coming out that they're making like their new team name come available in the next coming weeks. They have just too much going on as an organization. It's, and to me, it's a dumpster fire to pull the trigger on something like this, to release Alex Smith, like, before the draft, before, you know, camp coming around the corner. I just think it's stupid. Like, because like yeah. you just said, you had how 
many quarterbacks on your roster and some guy coming back from a gruesome leg injury was your number one, your best quarterback on that roster. And now you get rid of Dwayne Haskins. You don't even know what the status is of your other two guys. And you, it's Alex Smith. You want to get rid of him. I just think it's so stupid. And it's not even, I don't even know what the right word. Stupid is probably the nice word to say. I agree with you. I'm on par with you. I'm right there with you. Um, if you want to play devil's advocate, you know, Washington will, if they release him, which sounds like that's the game plan, they would be saving $13.6 million if they move on from him. Um, that's obviously an enticing factor for going and doing that. But uh, with the release of Dwayne Haskins and Smith's likely release, Washington now has te- uh, Taylor Heineke. And Kyle Allen's still on the roster to compete for the starting job. Or obviously they could be turning to the draft or free agency. I really haven't heard their name in the mix with free agent quarterback. Maybe because they had Alex Smith. And now that they're going no, to release him, maybe it opens it no, up, with though. The school, there's still plenty of teams that have guys. And you still hear, like, Carolina has Teddy Bridgewater. Right. You still hear their name in the mix for some of these free agents. I'm just saying, I feel as I've heard more so about Washington grabbing one in the draft, even though they're like middle of the first round, right. they, could, they could go up. But I haven't really heard their name attached to any current NFL right. quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be really interesting because no matter what, I do think that they are going to go the route of grabbing somebody whether it's free agency or the draft. Um, Because I just, and I like Taylor Heineke and Kyle Allen. I really do. And they're great backups to have if you get yourself into that situation. But I do think they're not going to be your long-term franchise answer. So Or it might take a couple seasons to turn them into that. It's not, it's not this season coming up. Yeah. I think it's, We'll see. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. They're they're going to. They both have potential. They have to make a move, in my opinion. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see where they go uh, once we have this release of Alex Smith that seems to be coming any day now. Yeah, I agree. <sighs> Washington. Oh, they're killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. All righty, let's get into our big stories of the week for Housewives. But don't you worry, we are coming back to football with a funerific game. So stay tuned. Um, so this one's a little interesting, and I'm a little weird about it. So is a, a Bravo, maybe Housewives family, going to replace keeping up with the Kardashians. So as you know, if you do, are you into reality TV? You know, keeping up with the Kardashians is ending. It is done. It's on their final season. Um, So a new report has revealed that the channel is looking for a new family to replace them, um, which I don't, you know, no, too iconic. I don't think they can be replaced. Um, They have their sights set on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills star Lisa Rinna and her family. So obviously her husband is Harry Hamlin, famous actor. You do know him. I think he's actually produced a couple things too. Um, And then their daughters, they're both models, Amelia and Delilah. Amelia in the spotlight recently because she is dating Scott Disick. So maybe that's where the rumors are. And I'm so grossed out by that relationship. It's not even funny. She is not even 21. She's 18. And he's like 47. I can't deal with it. Maybe, sorry, he's like 40. I, 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 yeah. he's not that old. 
still disgusting. Um, but so yeah, so a source says that they're already talking about the Hamlins uh, taking over and believes that the family is solid reality TV gold and loves that the daughters are dating reality uh, stars like Scott Disick, but then also Delilah is dating Love Island, Ayal, Ayal, I whatever uh, Booker. <laughs> so um, I don't yeah. watch I don't watch Love Island, so I don't know him. Um, I couldn't even tell you what Love Island is. I don't know. Obviously, Scott would be a super would probably be the most interesting factor if this were to happen. Um, I don't know. Getting a little insight into that world. So their family-based, you know, reality TV show could Earl air as early in the fall, while Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is expected to return for season eleven in mid twenty twenty one. I gotta tell you, no, this is stupid. I think, I I think this, this is just a real hot rumor. I, no. I don't know if I find any truth in it, but just as like we're talking about the fact that they want to replace the Kardashians and whether you love them or hate them, I think Caitlin is right. I don't really- it's iconic. Replacing that. Um, and you know what's funny is like, they weren't, cause I'm just like thinking in my head as you were talking, like they weren't the first family of reality TV. Um, and, and just there could be there, I'm sure there were others, but off the top of my head, I was thinking yeah. about, um, the Osbournes on MTV. Oh yeah, it came out like a couple years before Kardashians did, and and I remember I loved that show at the time. It was funny. No, it didn't last <laughs> twenty years the way yeah. the Kardashians did, and I just think Kardashians set such a precedent because how many TV shows do you see now? None of which I think are very successful about families like you have if terry bradshaw has a family show <laughs> he does i've never watched it i really truly believe like e and bravo and mtv and like all these channels have given like any celebrity under the sun a family show right it's just like an easy but we wouldn't have that premise or that idea without kardashians and so yeah. sure Maybe this isn't a rumor. Maybe this is legit, but I don't think anybody is ever going to do. It's like Tom Brady. We're never going to see what Tom Brady did repeated in right. my opinion. No, we're not going to see anybody's family get a TV show for 20 years and just change the game like that. I 100% agree. It just definitely, again, like you said, to love him or hate him, you're not going to do it. It's the same thing with Tom Brady. You love him or hate him. I think a lot of people actually hate him, but you're not going to see what he produces and it's that simple so i don't know i think this is silly i don't even know is e do they oh is bravo are they under the same umbrella because i don't think she could i feel like they definitely are because andy cohen has that new um oh you're right where he's talking about the history of reality television but he talks a lot about that. he talks a lot about a lot of reality shows he it's of not just but it's airing on E, which is interesting. Wouldn't you think that it would air on Bravo? I think there's a difference between Andy Cohen and a housewife. Cause like, they're like really strict to their contracts. So yeah. like, look about, I feel like, like Bethany like wasn't able to do a certain amount of things. Cause she was like, you know, restricted I'm to just housewives. Saying, like, you, you might be right. They might be connected under, you know, one umbrella or whatever. Well, that's what I'm just wondering. Cause if they're not, I don't mm -hmm. think she's going to be able to do both. And then Lisa Rinna is going right. to have to make a decision. So. Right, right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That is the biggest factor right there. Yeah. 
Um, but let's get into our second story, our, our big story of the week. And this is kind of the big story for the last couple of weeks because Kayla and I have been telling you guys that we were 100% going to recap the Salt Lake City reunion once it had concluded. Uh, last week after our show was part three. And so we're going to do a quick breakdown for you uh, because, like we said, we are huge fans of this rookie season. I think a lot of people were. And, you know, it's it's so crazy because we see the old episodes now from other franchises and you look back at those first reunions. Yeah. So uh, it sounds like, silly, but that's 10 like, years from now, that's like a little piece of history there that like you actually kind of remember, like, I don't I know. remember watching the first reunion of New York. It was a hundred million years ago. I probably did. It's kind of like, remember this, like, this is big. This is a big yeah. deal. All right. So part one, we have a couple of things to break down. Um, it seems as though, and this first thing we're going to quickly talk about, Meredith versus Jen. Um, Meredith yeah. is still clearly not happy with Jen, mainly for the fact of, I think, see, like, I, she wasn't happy while they were filming. And then I think once she watched the show and saw the interviews and the things that were said by yeah. Jen on social media, that just made it worse. Of course, we're talking about, you know, Jen in her interviews making fun of Brooks at his fashion show. Apparently she was also making fun of him on social media. Uh, Meredith brings up this story about how she blackmailed Meredith taking videos of her while yeah. Meredith was smoking a cigarette, which who cares? But like to Meredith, like it was kind of like, you're trying to blackmail me because I'm not like an open public right. kind of like a behind the scenes, like once, yeah. in a while, once in a blue moon, you know, I'll have one. So it's safe to say that Meredith is still not thrilled with Jen. I think it's done. Like that relationship is over. As much as like Jen doesn't like to admit she was wrong, it did feel as though Jen was very desperate for Meredith to like her again. Yeah. She wants that. You could feel that the whole entire time. Because I think she's the only person aside from Mary who's literally like, all right, That's I'm done with you. Are. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. So I think Meredith is sticking her ground on this one. And right she should. Because, and I think the other huge thing during the season, of course, was the scene where Jen was insinuating that there were other people going on in, in her and Seth's marriage. So I think that was very eye-opening for Meredith to yes. see. And I think this show is good for people sometimes when they're actually on it because she would have never necessarily never known, known that. that these things were said behind her back. And right. she's thinking that Jen's a great friend and she's learning, okay, I'm moving on from you. So exactly. I'm disengaging. She's disengaging. And I think season two, we're still going to see the disengagement. Bring uh, it on. Second point, Mary got called out a lot. She really did. Um, one of those big things because the rumors were swirling and the audio tape was out on the internet about her calling her parishioners at her church poor. Um, that whole audio thing leaked. I feel like Mary got called out on a lot of her BS and somehow she just like kind of finagled her way out of everything, right? I feel like she didn't really address what was no. being confronted with. No, so she, she I never really called them poor. I never called them poor. Made up something yeah. in the Bible, how this she says did. this Yeah, she did, like, revert back to the Bible on that one and said, like, oh, like, well, when Jesus did this, he referred to people. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so. But that, I think that was a common theme with Mary uh, during this. 
I think she got called out on a lot, a lot of, of stuff because there were some really controversial stuff that came out not while the show was like in the episodes, right. but kind of like on the internet when people are right. like looking for information. Mm-hmm. Um, Lisa, Lisa was extremely emotional. During, she like, sucks. Like she's, she's like so bad. old ice queen. Like she got very emotional. Um, cried over people thinking that she's a bad mom, which she doesn't really seem like a great mom. I'm sorry to say, like, I get it. You can be a, I think of Bethany. I think of Bethany Frankel because Bethany is a workaholic and literally, exactly. and I feel like, like pride and joy. You can tell Bryn is like, her oh, Bryn, I, said I, her Avery. I always think her name's Avery. I know it's Bryn. I, I literally always think her name's Avery for some reason. But I just feel like there were just scenes that did not portray Lisa in the best light. I agree. Um, Heather also, you know, Heather and Lisa went at it a lot in the reunion. Heather just calling her snobby straight up. Like she, she is like, she has that attitude where she does truly believe and she'll deny it, but she does come off like she's better than everybody. Absolutely. And, and I think I definitely liked her in like the first two episodes. And I think it's because she like, had that like boss ass bitch attitude and was like, whatever, like, I don't need you. And just like over time though, it just got very snobby, very unattractive. And I, she could not return next season. I'd be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, her and Jen Shaw went head for head for me of who do I dislike more. So yeah. um, this was almost the thing that made, kind of made me chuckle the most during part one. That was a, uh, a footage that we did not see a behind the scenes footage from the party that Jen threw for Meredith's birthday. Now, of course that was like episode one or two and that was yeah. controversial because the party seemed like it was all about Jen and yeah. all the fact that the party was a birthday party for Meredith. And then we come to find out that Meredith was turned off by the whole thing because the party actually took place on Lisa Barlow's birthday, yeah. Meredith specifically told Jen, that's fine if you want to throw me this party, but it's going to happen on the actual day. Right. Of so you need to acknowledge her birthday as well. And the hidden footage was like this big old birthday cake for Meredith and like this tiny little itty bitty thing for Lisa. Lisa was basically having to go around to the, everybody at this party saying, oh, it's my birthday. It's my birthday. I, we're like, oh, it is? Like, I wouldn't go. I don't think I'd go. I go. It was... Like, wow, wow, Jen is, wow. But I also like do stuff for my birthday all the time. So I'd be like, no, like I'm doing something for my birthday. Unbelievable. I, I thought that, like, I wish they played that during the season. Like that kind of feels like a big factor to me. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, let's go into part two. <laughs> the funniest, I, Andy couldn't keep a straight face. The issue of the hospital smell. Oh my God. He did a great job though. Andy did a great job this entire reunion. I think Andy had a good good time at this first reunion with the Salt Lake City ladies. Um, This happened like episode one or two as well, obviously with Mary saying that Jen smelled like hospital (laughs) and the big revelation from part two of the reunion was Jen claims when I saw you that day, I had not been at the hospital that day. Oh, and he was like, this is breaking news. Like, this is the headline. Like, this is... <laughs> and he kind of, like, poked fun at Mary, which was hilarious. And he was like, so when you got your sweat glands removed and, like, 
did it heighten your sense of smell that like you could smell that she smelled like hospital, even though she hadn't been there that specific day. And it was just, it was truly hilarious. But that pisses me off so much about Jen. Like I remember when that happened because when she like confronted Mary, she played up the story so much about her aunt losing her legs and that she was in the hospital. So she lied. Like she lied. I think she was, but like it could have been two days later. It's like a sob story. Like I I feel bad. Like I'm sure your aunt really doesn't have her legs. Like, sorry. Like I really am. But like, you played such a sympathy card to go to the reunion to be like, actually, I wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Mary is also called out in part two. And this was just was the big one that really upset a lot of people. Uh, Mary being called out for the fact that she said in the one episode that she was kind of afraid to go to like 7-Elevens or right. stores when she sees black guys standing out front, like in front of the stores. Um, she claims that she did not say black guys. She claims that she said any like sketchy looking guy, whether they're white, black, whatever. Um, all the ladies kind of said, no, we were under the impression when you said we were all there that you were referring to black guys. They played the receipts. It did kind of sound a little wishy-washy, but the fact that all of the women said our interpretation was that you were specifically talking about black guys. It looked bad. But again, Mary somehow finagled. Again, like worked her way around it. Yeah. Which these are really heavy topics that she shouldn't be able to like get out of. Um, Then things got weird too, because on that topic, um, Mary, you know, people were like, well, what if that was your son? Your son is black. Like what if people said that about your son or your husband? And she was like, well, my husband's white. And everybody was just like, kind of took a pause. Andy was like, oh, your, your husband's white? Is he, or is he biracial? And then she was like, well, not, no, he's not white. He's just lighter. And Andy was like, oh, he's, is he biracial? And she's like, no, he's black. So it was like weird. And then she basically said like, I'm attracted to lighter skinned guys. Like, I, yeah, it was just weird. It got weird. Very much so that whole entire, I think it was like five, 10 minutes long. And it just, it seems like it was never going to end. It was a very uncomfortable dialogue. And I just didn't even know what the point of the dialogue was, where it was going. And it was just, it, well, yeah. it was, with this and with the church, these were huge things that needed to be brought up and like, ha- like confront her with these things. But right. like, it felt like we didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel like we got closure from it. I, don't know. I agree. Yeah, um, and then Mary was under fire. She, she was really was fire, man. Um, and and which is hilarious because we joke that she barely had any screen time, and yet this woman she was had, the star of the reunion. There was a lot to talk about because she was also forced to admit, which she did. She did not finagle out of this one, admitting that Lisa and Meredith never told her that yeah. they were afraid of Jen. It's just what she felt. She was like, Which I'm okay with. I, they are. They are. They are two different things. But I actually, I, I understand like where she's coming from. She should have admitted that way earlier on. I think, you know, um, Coach Shaw's birthday was a friggin' shit show. So like, I don't think she could have fixed it then. Or like, I know she wasn't there, but like, I don't think anyone could have fixed it that night. Like, like it was a shit show. 
he heard immediately how bad that party went. She should have interviewed right then. I know. And that's what I'm saying. But I get where she's coming from. Like when she said, like, I honestly just felt that because I would have been the same exact way because the way in which these women do talk about her, it is like they're scared of her. Want to know what the funniest part about this is, though? The fact that they played the receipts and they played a clip of (laughs) Heather, supposedly her closest friend in the cast, coming out and saying on camera, I love her but she scares the shit out of me. I know. So it's like, if anybody said it, it was Heather. But I think it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It was stupid. I think the fact that it went down at Coach Shaw's party is why it became the biggest thing ever. When it really just, it shouldn't have blown up to that. And and Mary, like you said, should have fessed up to that like immediately because she knew how badly it blew up. Right. All right, let's get into part three. We finally get the men on the stage, right? Um, Which I liked that they had the men on. I liked it. Definitely a good, you know. I like these guys. There's really nobody that to dislike. I do um, like them. Yeah, I like them. Obviously, you know, Seth and Meredith, they're, they're still good. They're still reconciled. They just um, didn't talk this episode, I feel. So it was very uncomfortable. But that was like a huge thing. So Meredith and Seth, like Seth was only on for a little bit. But Meredith was super quiet throughout the reunion. And she basically said at the very end, I guess Andy asked her a question about her marriage with Seth. And she was like, what do you want me to say, Andy? Like, do you really think I'm going to like talk about my personal life and my marriage in this group of women? So they, and I, and she's right, but I respect it. He kept it real, real quiet. Um, I respect it. Coach Shaw definitely had a lot of apologies to a lot of people on behalf of his wife. I thought he had a really nice moment with um, with uh, with Mary's husband. Yes. Um, basically, I'm blanking on his name. Um, Mary's husband, Robert. Yeah. Senior. Robert, Robert Senior. Senior. Robert Senior. I knew it was senior. I didn't know. I feel like Coach Shaw had a really nice moment with him where he was like, you know, it pained me to see like our wives going at it like this. And um, I basically told her it was not okay that she talked about your guys' marriage. We don't do things like that. That was extremely inappropriate. So like, I apologize to you and to Mary, like on behalf of my wife. And But it shouldn't be his job to apologize for his wife. I, I'm so thankful that I'd be so embarrassed if my husband was going out apologizing for me. Like, and like, well, but, like I don't think, but I don't, I don't think know. I took it as an embarrassment type thing. I think she kind but of she like, could. well, I, I think the like thing you're she, married. Imagine if your husband had to go out and like make public apologies you know, on behalf of you. you know what's really, <laughs> you know what's super interesting. And I can, and I'll speak as, as a married person is, if I'm venting to my husband about something, I feel as though he, <laughs> I feel as though he takes my side a lot. And he's like, I get, yeah, you're right. I get where you're coming from. Right. I totally see that. So, to, and that's usually what husbands and wives do. Right. So I feel like the fact that coach Shaw was like, no, you were wrong. And then he's out there making public apologies to everybody. Like, needs for jen needs to say like wow my husband's telling me i'm wrong like i need well, to that's what I'm saying. i need be to embarrassed. Yeah, you're not going and telling your husband what she's doing you, you're not doing any of that she's a lunatic yeah a so, lunatic. Um, i'm very thankful that she has him 
to kind of bring her back down the best that he can, the best that he can, um, because she's out of control. And And thank God, like, I mean, we've seen housewives couples where the wife and the husband are out of control together. Right. Know that she is like as crazy as they come when it comes to housewives. And she is such a level headed husband. You're like, thank God, because she's insane. Um, so yeah, we had the men come out and, and those were kind of, to me, the highlight moments. Yeah. Um, and then we, we end, feels like we end the reunion. The hot button, the hot topic is Jen getting aggressive about being called aggressive, um, which she's yelling at everybody at this point, like she normally does rolling the footage of her throwing glasses, screaming at people, storming out of places. Um, and she does, you know, kind of talk about the fact of white privilege and yep. call me aggressive because that means something different for me than if you were to be called aggressive. Right. And listen, you know, it's a sensitive topic, but I do feel as though she, and I said this to Caitlin when we talked about it, I feel like she was the villain of this season. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like trying to reverse it. And yeah her try to have people feel bad for her. Like I'm the victim. I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, when you tell a woman that I, I would drown you in the lake behind your house, you can't that's say that. called aggressive. You can't say that. Well, throwing how, a glass is aggressive. Throwing like, a glass is aggressive. Raising your voice at someone is aggressive. Yeah. I don't care if you're a man or a woman or a dog, or if your dog barks at me too loud, I call him aggressive, a little aggressive. I don't care what you are. You, yeah. If you do certain things, you are aggressive. And I understand it's a very, very sensitive topic yeah. because there are people out there right now that are extremely racist and that is a problem. They are the, the biggest problem that we are all dealing with right now. And it's not yeah. okay. But for her to pull that card against two people on the show who simply just called her aggressive and called her out on her shit, I got to give all the props to Meredith, who didn't speak a lot during the reunion, but finally stood up and just said, Jen, you have no idea how much that that is to actually come out and say someone is racist and to and what toll that can take on them for them not actually doing anything. So I think it gets. Yeah. I think I would have just asked Jen, like, what is a word that I could use then to describe your behavior? For I, acting? Because, like, I, how else do you, like, give me a word that would be acceptable, acceptable. But to how do you deal with someone that gets so worked up about everything? She, yeah. and, and it was even provident on the reunion. At right. the end, she just got so worked up out over nothing. And then it was brought up that the girls called her aggressive. And then she accused Heather and Whitney of being white privileged and racist. Like she literally called them that when there's no sign of that. And I think right. again, like Meredith intervening and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like I'm surprised Andy didn't say something. Well, again, I also like, I also like too how Meredith was like, we're all aware that white privilege is a problem. You're aware. Yes. But you can't say that, like, you, you can't go out there and make accusations no. about this group. Um, and, and, and you're right. Like, I didn't see anything during the season that made me think those things of, of these no. women. No. Um, so it, it, was, it was a bold statement to make. Um, again, I think she was trying to pull strings to make people feel bad for her. And right. in this situation, she was just wrong. And I feel as though. 
and I said it, I, I said it, I feel as though she's the Teresa Judice of the group where she does things that, and Teresa's an aggressive person. She flips tables. She's aggressive. He doesn't really like, I've seen Teresa give apologies and I've now seen Jen Shaw give apologies. And I think they're half-assed. I think they're just to get them out yeah. of the way and say, I said it, okay, can we move on yeah. now? But they don't mean anything. And uh, this has got to this has got to be a thing that changes for her moving forward. Yeah. And Coach Shaw is going to help her self reflect on these things. Listen, these little things can't trigger you so much. It's just it's like something goes off in her head, and it's like, woo! But you're right. It's, what is something we can call you then the, if it's not the coach, aggressive? And the Coach Shaw party, she had every right to be mad because that timing was awful. It was it was very, not it was good. Wrong. It was wrong. But she should have pulled a Meredith. She should have disengaged, disengaged, number one, because how she reacted, it was bad timing. Jen made the party worse, her husband's party worse, right. by reacting the way that she did. I know. By going the glass and storming out, and like, not for nothing to me, your reaction ruined his birthday party. Right. He could have never known that this was said. Yeah. Or anybody know, or whatever. It was not, yeah. it was not good. And don't get me wrong, in public places or at parties, I definitely have gotten into arguments with people and had to walk away and gotten upset or cried. I'm also not a housewife and then my life isn't being filmed. Like you gotta just like, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta yeah. pick your battles in situations like this and know exactly what, what the world is gonna see here, so. It was a crazy uh, first season. That I've never thrown a glass. I've never done that. No. 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 That was only, and trust us, we hold wine glasses a lot and it's never happened. I've never actually had will, the like- You will often find us with a wine glass in hand and yet we have not yeah. thrown I never had the that urge was, to throw wine glasses. <laughs> yeah. Great first season. And that was only yeah. 13 episodes, not including the uh, reunion. But- It's gonna be a night eight. not watching them, but we do have New Jersey, so. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it helps, it helps. Can't wait to see these ladies have her season two. Bravo, mm -hmm. honestly, I, I think people were really impressed. And I, I think they did a great job. Absolutely. So yep. loved it, loved it, loved it. Alrighty, so let's play a little bit of a game. This is a Real Housewives of New Jersey OG game. We are playing, you can get with you this. You called us the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Oh, Real Housewives of <laughs> the Real Football like, We're not playing a Housewives game. My bad. The real football fans of New Jersey. I oh, thought, yeah. thought we were housewives for a second. My bad. <laughs> a real football fans of New Jersey classic. You can get with this or you can get with that. It is a football edition with many things that are going on right now. Things that might go on in the future. You yeah. don't know. But Katie and I are going to sip on our drinks while we do this and tell you if we're with this way or with that way. So let's go ahead and get started. So the first one we have, what team is in more desperate need of a new quarterback? And I know Katie did this, targeted me specifically here. The no, I actually didn't. And then as soon as I finished writing the question, I was like, oh, Caitlin might hate me for this question. But it was not intentional. I do. So what team is in more desperate need of a new quarterback, the Philadelphia Eagles or the Carolina Panthers? Um, so I actually went with the Carolina Panthers on this one. And my reason, and this is essentially a Teddy Bridgewater versus a Jalen Hurts conversation. Um, my opinion is that we've seen enough of Teddy to kind of like 
know who he is as a cornerback. So to me, like, to me, I'd rather roll the dice on a, like a young, like we don't know what we have in him. He could be a stud. Like, you know what I mean? He could be a, a diamond in the rough. Teddy, you kind of know what you have. So I'd rather roll the dice on Jalen. And I would say that the Panthers need to go and find their their true franchise quarterback. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I'm going to stick. It's hard. These are two of my boys here. We got Jalen and Teddy. So you're really putting my two boys up against each other. Um, but I do, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's young too. So I don't, I mean, I don't want to like, you know, say that Jalen is so young compared to Teddy Bridgewater because he's a young guy too. And I don't think he's actually gotten enough credit and or enough spotlight to make a decision franchise wise. I think the Panthers could actually be pretty successful with him. Um, and I, where I looked at this though, was kind of backup wise, I think the Eagles actually need to find someone, a real solid competition for Jalen and someone who eventually, because I think Jalen would win the competition, to be honest, um, just a solid backup for him because of how young he is. So while I do appreciate the statement on the young thing, you know, Teddy is younger as well. um, I do think that Jalen does need someone solid behind him just in case for any purpose that happened injury, just kind of maybe he needs a break, things like that. So that's why I went with Philadelphia. All right. All right. Number two, who will be the better fantasy football running back in 2021? Derek Henry or Dalvin Cook? Oh my God. I thought I knew where I was going with this. This was hard. And then I broke down the stats and I was like, wow, I did not think I was going to go this way, but I went with Derek Henry. Mm -hmm. I did as well. And I think my mindset was thinking that I think Minnesota is on a downward spiral, which is kind of scary to like think because like they're such a dominant name and team and like franchise in the NFL. Um, And I think last year they really heavily relied on Dalvin Cook to be on point. And we saw that across fantasy boards for the entire season. He did everything for them, literally everything. Can that last that long? I don't think so. I think they're going to get hit in a lot of different areas and maybe it's the line. So he can't run, you know, as quickly without an offensive line. I just, I don't think it's really, uh, well, I don't know what the right or I don't know what the right word is. I don't really think it's like sustainable to have him do this all the time for a team that's I don't think is getting better. The Titans, oh. on the other hand, are on the up. Right. And if they can keep supporting Derrick Henry and doing the right things with him, I think we'll have a better season. Well, see, I thought I was gonna go with Dallin because I thought he was gonna edge out Derrick Henry stats wise mm-hmm. when I looked at the stats. And these guys are actually literally as even as they can possibly get when you look at the last season. However, yeah. my decision then was made over the fact that Dalvin Cook gets a little bit more of the injury bug than Derrick Henry does. That's Derrick, a yeah. He really you can kind of trust this guy to play 16 games. Dalvin right. played 14 games versus Derek played all 16. Yeah. 14 is obviously still a lot. And he still put up insane video game numbers. Uh, but I'm just going to give the slight edge if you're a fantasy owner knowing like, okay, I, I think Derek Henry, I'll have him in every game. He'll always be there. He'll be healthy. And I'm bringing it up again like I did before. 17 games probably in 2021. So are you taking the 16 or the 14 people? Come on. What's more likely? To play the yeah. 17th game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Alrighty, moving into number three, which second place team has the better shot of finishing first in their division in 2021? The Indianapolis Colts or the Baltimore Ravens? All right, well, Indy plays in the easier division. They, they definitely play in the easier division. Uh, but I am going with Baltimore. I really don't like that quarterback situation in Indy with Carson Wentz. I just don't. So I'm going with Baltimore. Surprisingly enough, I have heard and just like from like, you know, the Twitterverse, I actually spoke to my dad about Carson Wentz going to Indy. Some people do speculate that he'll actually perform better in Indy because they'll give him more options to be as free as he wants to be. The Eagles held him back tremendously with certain things. I think he was a little nervous to try things, throw the ball, launch it as much as he can, be a secondary player when Jalen, they threw him for options. I think it was definitely questionable. Indianapolis, I think they're more open to kind of him doing his own thing and seeing what happens. So that might be good for him. So I have heard that more. Um, and I think just the team surrounding him is is pretty decent. Um, and when it comes to – so I am going with Indianapolis, by the way. This did not mean I understand. <laughs> um, for Baltimore, I just – I don't know. That division to me it's is such like a tough division. It's such a tough division. Joe Burrow coming back, and the Bengals actually have decent room to do big things in the draft, also potentially free agency. I don't know. Everything's up in the air. Remember how we felt about the NFC West going into the 2020 yes, season? Being that like, could be holy crap. That, yes. that is going to be the AFC North going into 2021. Yes, 100%. All right. All right. If forced to choose, who deserves a second chance more as a starting quarterback in the league, Andy Dalton or Marcus Mariota? I underlined and highlighted the word deserves. Marcus Mariota did not get as fair of a shot as I've seen a lot of other guys who didn't deserve shots. Okay. I'm saying, and, and I went with Marcus, I'm not saying that you know, he'll pan out or not. I'm just saying what happened to him with his career was very strange to me. And I don't feel like he ever got the shot that he deserved. I 100% agree. But then look at Andy Dolan. He went to the playoffs the first round so many times. And guess what? The Bengals went nowhere, nowhere. Yeah. So that, that was it. That was your shot year after year, Andy Dalton. You don't deserve second. I just you gotta look. You gotta look around. You gotta look probably like the last two years as far as names of guys who started NFL games in the last two seasons, and you're kind of like, really, like, how did he just? How did his career just kind of like fall off the radar like that? I don't right. know. It was, it was weird. I, he he deserved better. He deserved more of a shot. Right. Alrighty, which 2018 drafted quarterback will have the better NFL career, Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson? Listen, if you watch live or listen on the podcast to this show, you know that I am a lover of pocket passing quarterbacks <laughs> over dual threat quarterbacks. And for that reason alone, I will always pick Josh Allen. I'm thinking Josh Allen. I think it's because, you know, I think this season really stood out to me the most. Um, I, you know, I think it's funny, like, you know, it's not funny, but I think, you know, the, um, the narrative of like, you know, the Ravens can't win a playoff game or Lamar Jackson can't do it or get it there. I don't know. I just, 
I have a lot more faith in Josh Allen, but I do love the two of them being the height of the conversation of that draft class. Yeah. Obviously, Lamar Jackson going last. <laughs> um, and well, just, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and, and Josh, Rosen. Josh Rosen all went before these guys. Mm-hmm. And oh, then actually, did Josh that, Allen go before Josh Rosen? That's what I'm questioning. I don't remember. Because I think he did. Because remember, Josh Allen close. was a huge. Listen, they were yeah. very, very, very close. And, so, and, that's Josh what I'm Rosen, and Josh Rosen obviously still went before Lamar Jackson. Right. So, but that's why I'm saying I do love these two names being in conversations like this. Yeah. So even though Katie and I are picking Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, keep doing your thing. I love that the two of you are thriving right now out of that year, that draft class that was like, these quarterbacks are the best of the best, all they this stuff. The guys, they weren't the top guys in that draft. So no. that's why you gotta you gotta pick what's good for you your organization. You never know what can happen. You really don't. Everyone shits on the Daniel Jones pick, but I'm still a little comfortable. So we'll see how we are in a couple of years. <laughs> all righty. Which wide receiver will have more touchdowns in 2021? Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill? Devontae Adams. Oh, I actually went with Tyreek Hill. Okay. Devontae yeah. Adams is like just he's just the guy in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He is he is the guy. And Tyreek Hill, as as he's one of the best wide receivers. He kind of proved himself as the guy in Kansas City this year. And they've oh, got a lot of guys. So, but you're this is not yeah. What I'm saying is that Kansas City is filled with playmakers. Well, of course. Tyreek Hill, yes, is one of the best, you know, like top yeah. top five wide receiver in the league for sure. But uh, Devonde Adams is like he's he's the main guy and one of the only guys, in my opinion, in the Green Bay offense. So I'm going with Devonte. Yeah, I just think Tyreek Hill is coming off of a monster season. That you know, the only person that might be able to but duplicate Devante, it is himself. Devonte Adams already had more touchdowns than he did last year. Devonte had like 18 touchdowns yeah. last year. That's insane. Yeah, well, what if Green Bay, though, goes off in the draft, in free agency, and kind of adds more people to Aaron Rodgers' bitches every day to his coaches and his, you know, front office? So maybe for once they'll listen to him. Yeah, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. All righty. Which new head coach do you think will struggle more in their first year, Detroit's Dan Campbell or Houston's David Culley? Recently made a statement on the show where I think Detroit is really, really, really heading downhill, even worse than they are right now, which is like really downhill then. Um, but I'm going with David Culley because what's happening in Houston right now is uh, whether they keep Deshaun Watson or not, that's not going to be the, just the situation going on there. Um, and it's a lot of rebuilding. You just lost JJ Watt. Like it, it's, Things are weird over there, and it's a lot for a brand-new head coach to handle all of those moving pieces, let alone coach a football team, but deal with these things that are happening like in the media and all these stories and everything. So that's why I went with Cully too, because there's a difference between your team just being bad and there's, and you know, the team just having no structure, no organization, no locker room, nothing. That is Houston right now. Houston is literally on fire. It is not okay. If you, Deshaun Watson stays, guess what? He's not playing. He's sitting on the bench. And guess what? You as a head coach need to deter that, like be like, okay, let's not look at our star quarterback on the bench. Let's try to everyone fix this on the field. You can't fix that shit on the field while Deshaun Watson sitting on the bench. I think I think Houston 
team-wise, is in the worst position out of any franchise of the 32 teams in the NFL right now. I don't know what to expect from them this season, and I'm not expecting much. They could win seven or eight games, and I'm still going to say that, okay, that's fine. But I don't even think they are. Yeah, they probably won't, but what I'm saying is it's just the situation of what's happening there is the worst situation out of all the teams in the league. I would not be a happy Texans fan. No, no, no. All righty. If you're Russell Wilson and had to choose, which team would you rather play for, the Chicago Bears or the Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah, and I pitted these two teams because I feel like they're kind of um, – not only did Russell Wilson there kind of came out like four teams that maybe he'd want to go to, and these two yeah. were actually in the mix. And, and then I felt like they were these teams are kind of on par with one, of, uh, one another. Um, but I went with the Las Vegas Raiders. I just like the pieces there better. Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, like yeah. John Gruden. Like I just, I just like it better. I really do. I'm not a, For- I'm not a believer in that Chicago team. I always feel like Chicago has a better record than I realize. And I'm not saying it's a great record, but I feel like a lot of times I end up being like an eight and eight team, and I'm like, oh shit, how did Chicago yeah. win games? Like I feel like they suck. So I actually, so I'm actually going with Chicago and it's okay. because of something that I heard uh, over the past, you know, as soon as this like whole rumor mill started with Russell yeah. Wilson, kind of where he could go potentially. Um, and I forget where the take is from. So I'm letting you know, this is not my take. Like I did not say this, but I do agree with it heavily. Some people think that, or this take was that Russell's thinking to the future, not yeah. when he's a quarterback, when he's actually a part of an organization. And I think it's actually come yeah. out that he wants to coach he wants to be a part of it some way, shape, or form. So for me, Chicago makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of tradition tradition there. Chicago yeah. used to be like the team, like the like dub but, like but they could, were there. He could make Las Vegas like his own, like build but, Russell Wilson tradition. That's what I'm saying, though, and this is what the take was. Imagine if he goes back to Chicago and makes them the Bears that they used to be. The Raiders, you can say that about the Raiders, but guess what? They have a brand new identity in Las yeah. Vegas. To me, that's not traditional. They're no longer the traditional Raiders because they're a brand new team. So that is where, so I heard that take and I really liked it. Um, I thought it was very interesting. Um, and I think that that might be a better fit for him. He comes back as the quarterback, turns the team around, and a couple of years wants to be a part of management. I don't know. Kind of fits like a glove, in my opinion. Interesting, interesting. Okay, okay. Definitely, uh, I don't know what the, the right word is to put kind of take that is, but it definitely is interesting. All right, which New York Giants non-division game will you be most excited to watch this upcoming season uh, at Kansas City or at Tampa Bay? Can you believe we have to play both of these teams on the road this upcoming season? It seems very unfair. <laughs> um, let's just start off with that fact. Um, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with at Tampa Bay. Um, listen, these are good. They, they would be two extremely difficult games to win. Yeah. I just so I'm kind of just going off the narrative and like it, it's always kind of like fun when the Giants play Tom Brady because then we get to sit back and watch all the highlight reels from the past of like <laughs> Giants versus Tom Brady. The Giants don't like you know what I mean like. I just like the storyline there. So that's why I went with Tampa Bay on this one. 
I went with Tampa Bay too. I think it just it's again it's the storyline. It's they just and won the Super Bowl. If you can knock off the Super Bowl champs, that's pretty awesome. You'd love to see it. I want to see. You know, I I do like still watching Jason Pierre-Paul, even though he's not on our team anymore. So even if he is, you know sacking Daniel Jones I still you know it's still good to see him so yeah, yeah. um I definitely so that's I, I just like it a little bit more so yeah. and I feel like any team playing Kansas City so cliche nowadays they're so good like let's like yeah. I want to see like something a little a little more original yeah. all right and then finally which New York Giants 2021 home game would you rather attend and hopefully we can attend the Los Angeles Rams or the Atlanta Falcons? Going with the team that I think we would have an easier time beating because that makes for a fun uh, in attendance game. And I, I would not want to go against that uh, Rams defense. They're, they're pretty, no. pretty legit. <laughs> I'm going to go with Atlanta. I think we'd have a better shot at winning that game and I'd have a better shot of leaving that game if I got to go in, in a happy mood. So that's what I went with. I definitely agreed with you on that one. And also too, you know, the Falcons do have a couple Bama boys that I would love to see in person, you know, not, I don't want them winning the game, but it would just be cool to see them on the field. So yeah. you know, you got Kevin Ridley, you have um, Julio Jones, there's people that, you know, I'd like to see in person. It's like when I saw Derrick Henry in person, and I was like, God, did the Giants yeah. lose miserably that game? Yes, that is where that famous picture of me is from, the New York Giants and the Titans. But I got to see Derrick Henry in person, and I was starstruck. Yes. And he is literally the biggest human being in the world. So I will always tell people that. But, yeah, so that's our game. That was good. I, I definitely yeah. like that. There's a lot of uh, a lot of stuff thrown into it. A lot of situational it. stuff there, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, um, let's get to the point in the night where we get it off our chest, positive, negative, housewives, football, life. Um, Caitlin, I'm definitely intrigued to hear yours. You gave me a little sneak peek, and I don't really know what to expect, so lay it on us, girl. Mine are just like some quick hits from this week of like where oh, my you. head's at, what I'm thinking, all this stuff. So first thing, our 100th episode was last year, and it was probably the last normal thing we did before quarantine. Yes, like it literally was like a week ago last year. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very grateful that we had the opportunity. I think that's why I wore this like jacket. I yes, wore this sort of yes. episode. Like we killed it. It was so much fun. We were at a bar. We were getting drunk. And then like a week later, it was like lockdown. And then our lives changed forever. We got 51 more until 200. So I, I'm hoping at 200, we can do a similar thing. I am hoping we can as well because we are a year, a year into this quarantine COVID craziness and listen things are looking up so let's hope that they go all the way up this week I did wish Dalvin Thomason a happy birthday on Twitter with the infamous picture of me crying hysterically when I met him this tweet went viral it was hilarious I think I reached over 20,000 people with my tweet hilarious so many people commenting, oh, this is great. We love this picture. So many likes, retweets. The only thing I didn't get, though, was a like or a response from Dalvin himself. So I'm very sad. I'm, hey, I feel like he's responded to things. You know what? The bir- you know what? To be fair, the, it was on his actual birthday. The birthday boy was probably busy um, because I, I feel like he is responsive. And when, when we met him in person and you had that moment with him, uh-huh. he... He loved it, and we all loved it, and it was it was a it was a great time. It was a great laugh, and he he was awesome. 
It's not every day that I get to meet a Bama Giants boy hybrid. And to me, like when we met Landon, I cry. I could just, I, to me, that's everything. It's everything. Yeah. So let's, if we get someone in the draft from Alabama, I'll cry when I meet them too. Um, hey, so maybe, the, we can, maybe we can catch Xavier McKinney at the next uh, oh, softball game. Yeah, I would die. <laughs> like any, cause he's number 29 too. Again. You're going to be so excited about it already. So, uh, so Giants free agency. So real quick, I did like tweet this out. Like, I feel like over the past week and like a week or two, like every Giants, like Twitter fandom, everything like that, every potential free agent available, everyone's talking about Giants Twitter. Like, ooh, should we get him? Ooh, all this, blah, 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 blah. But then when you look at non-Giants people and they're talking about like big wide receivers that are available or things like that, the Giants are never in the conversation. Yeah. And again, the elephant in the room is that the Giants need a wide receiver one. Like, let's stop. So I'm seeing these lists of wide receivers and the Giants are not on these lists of like, oh, we'll go get Juju. We'll get um, Galladay, all this stuff. Like, come on, like you guys, like, let's not like, and I think today with Golden Tate, that might open people's perspective a little bit more like, yes, like we're looking for someone. So, and also Giants Twitter, don't be stupid. Not every free agent available is right for the Giants. So <laughs> that's my take on the free agency. There is a tweet. I did get a tweet. Um, hold on. It is from uh, Diana Rusini. Uh, um, she's a big um, ESPN reporter. She has a lot of football things. A lot is too with the Giants and the Jets and everything, but she did tweet out. A little nerve-wracking today. She's texting with an NFL head coach about upcoming cuts and what he expects across the league. It's going to be a massacre next week all around the league. So I don't know what that means, but I'm, I don't know if I'm on board, not on board. We obviously Golden Tate and uh, David Mile were just cut from the Giants. So that might start the massacre. So I don't know what that it means. means again. It means that we're going to have a really good show next week. It, it does. Coming, in the coming weeks. That's what it means. She is foreshadowing our show next week. So yes. we will see. Should we be sponsored by Truly Iced Tea? I think so. They've done a great job for me over, you know, during this Lent season when I did give up wine. And just to clarify for people who are like, wait, you gave up wine but are drinking Trulies? What you give up for Lent is something that you really like and that you try to stay away from for 40 days. So clearly I love wine. Duh. So I am giving it up. So that is why I gave it up. So don't worry. We're coming close, about a month left, but we got it. And then uh, someone else tweeted this week. It was a really funny joke. And it was like, you know, when you're hanging out with your friends and you realize that Eli Manning was benched before Eric Flowers was. And I, I got to tell you, that triggered me. It hit me home, hit me right in the heart. It was like yeah. a stab to the heart. I, I retweeted it because I thought it was hilarious. But at the same time. Ooh, I don't see the humor for that. No, the, the, the tweet was funny because it was a video of someone like hanging out with friends. And then they were just like, because <laughs> they remembered that moment. But it's true. From time to time, I do remember that statistic. And I'm like, you know what? I I can't sleep tonight because Eli was benched before Eric Flowers. And Eric Flowers will go down in history of one of my most hated New York Giants. I thought about making a list tonight for that. but I, And I will for one episode. Because I, I got people. I got people. Are we going to have a burn book episode? Oh, I'm going to burn book. I will make a burn book specifically for Eric Flowers. 
And for all the people out there, when I was shitting on him and I was an Eric Flowers hater and some people were like, well, let's give him a chance. No. And look where we are now. Caitlin was right. Many I'm outing. Many a chances for that young man. <laughs> but that was definitely, so I just wanted to give you guys some quick like things on my mind this week. So that's why I get it off my hot topics since we did <laughs> earlier on the show. Um, Okay, mine is mine is very fast. Um, this is a look ahead into Real Housewives of New Jersey episode three tonight. Uh, I cannot believe that two of the biggest storylines of the Evan cheating on Jackie rumor and then the Melissa and Joe marital issues like whole thing is literally happening in the first three episodes. Um, tonight we are going to see that infamous thing we saw from the trailer where Teresa tells her brother like that Melissa got the restaurant owner's number and they've been texting all day. So ready. So, and then in the trailer, Joe was with all the guys and he was like, I, I can't even like say this right now because like, I'm just going to cry. And when he said that I was going to cry. So and I don't I know. Did. I did actually watch the actual episode, but um, an article came out. Caitlin and I read it before tonight's show. Basically another thing that we're going to see in tonight's episode, yeah. little teaser. Um, Melissa kind of talking about in her marriage, how she's not comfortable when Joe like is going out. And when Melissa's like, Oh, I'm going to go out with the girls. He's like, well, then I'm going out with the guys. And it sounds like Melissa kind of like takes that as a threat and like worries yeah. about Joe when he goes out without her. And in the article, and I, I guess like, Bye. <laughs> yeah, in the article, and I guess in the show tonight, like Jen Jennifer um, is talks about being really surprised that they feel that way, and Jennifer basically being like, when Bill tells me he's going out with the guys, I'm like, that's awesome, great, like have a good time, like have fun, like I'll see you when you get back, like, and I love when Chris goes like away to visit I think there was another quote too from Jennifer in that article basically saying like, what kind of marriage, like, do you want to be in a marriage where like you actually worry like that? Like, and you don't have that trust. And I was like, wow. I mean, it seems so funny that like two shows ago we had that game that we played where we said who was the most solid couple. And you and I both agreed like that Jennifer and Bill were solid. And like, this is just proving that fact. But I think the more shocking thing is not that yeah. Jennifer and Bill are like the most solid couple. It's the fact that Kayla and I can both agree that we had no idea that any issues ever existed between Melissa and Joe. And that I would have I would have thought Melissa would have had the same exact attitude. Like, Joe, you're going out with the guys? Like, awesome. Have a great, great. time. Yeah. See you later. I'm going to drink wine and do a face mask. That's like my favorite thing. Thank so, you. Have fun. These are coming to life that are really shocking. And I just think this is, this might be one of the wildest Jersey seasons yeah. we've seen. I, I can't even believe this. This is all happening in the first three episodes. And it's going to be such an interesting ride that we're about to go on. And I, I'm ready for it. But I, I don't know. At the same time, ready, but also not prepared for it. But ready, but not ready. Ready That's or not. What ready or not. Here we come. That's what wine and truly iced teas are for. They get you ready for these unexpected moments. So, Absolutely, but don't miss tonight because it's, it's going to be wild. Seriously, do not. Speaking of things that you should not miss, obviously Real Housewives of New Jersey is on tonight. If you're listening to the podcast, though, sorry, it probably already aired, but you should okay. probably catch up on it. Well, we're good. We're good. We got eight. Yes, but we have live. We have eight minutes. 
live, get to you got to refill and go to the bathroom, put your jammies on, all that stuff. Um, Real Housewives of Atlanta does air on Sundays at 8 p.m. You have Real Housewives of Dallas still going on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. I think that season might be coming to a, a close soon. And then guess what? NFL uh, free agency is two weeks away. So while there is uh, movements going on, the actual free agency period is two weeks away. But we still encourage you to keep your Twitter alerts on, your NFL app alerts on, your ESPN, the doo-doo-doo, whatever that app is, that stupid sound. So uh, keep your alerts on because things are happening. And guess what? We got alerted. I do have to give a shout out to Jamal because he's the one who pointed me to the Golden Tate thing right before the show. So he was technically my alert system of the show. So I, do like think, I do like to think Kayla and I are pretty quick um, on our Instagrams to like yeah. alert people when things break too. Um, so if you don't already follow us on Instagram, yeah. do it at the Real Football Fans of NJ because if you see like in these next couple of weeks, like that we post a story, there's a very good chance Look that a move just happened. You want to Look at it like absolutely so thank you guys so much for joining us we love doing this week after week ain't gonna stop um we hope you enjoy housewives if you are tuning in tonight and we yeah. hope you enjoy the drama llama of the nfl that's going on right now because so much is going on but thank you so much we will see you next time and cheers i finished my wine cheersing with water Cheersing with Truly Iced Tea. Sponsor us, please. <laughs> Bye. Bye.